0: It's that perfect time of year to order the Deadhead music lover in your life. Something wonderful for the holidays from our sponsor, Shop Tour Bus. Shop Tour Bus.
1: Thank you so much for being an awesome sponsor all these years.
0: Head over to ShopTourBus.com or at ShopTourBus on Instagram. Check out all the Grateful Dead inspired designs that will make your mind go
2: a-wandering. And these are the most comfortable hoodies and shirts that you can get out there. Anybody that receives one of these as a gift is going to love you all year long.
1: And the alligator tea, that one's kind of my favorite here. Um, So you're going to order these. And when you put in the promo code, no simple road, you are going to get free shipping to you um, in a poly mailer. However, if you want an all over design box, let them know and they will hook it up along with some goodies, tchotchkes, little pen to spool your possible bootleg with make get a
0: miracle yeah they are magic so go to shop tour bus tell them no simple road sent you with that promo code no simple road and make somebody happy that loves the dead and dead related stuff when they open up that gift on christmas or hanukkah or whatever <laughs> time when they open it you know because that then they're going to be happy and comfortable and cool shop tour bus They've got salve, they've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody.
2: No simple road. Yeah, here we go.
0: Simple Road. That's cool. I like that. We, our music's dope. It,
3: it, <laughs> yeah. it is exciting. It's it makes
0: me exciting. happy when I hear it. Um, Will Hansa from yeah, Escaper Shout did out, that for Will. us, man. And, uh, Go
1: listen to Escaper.
0: Every time, I, every time I hear it, it makes me happy. Hey, no. No Simple Road family. What's up? This is Aaron.
1: This is Mel.
0: And this is Apple. And we are back for the final November. Countdown. No, not that. The <laughs> final 줘-
1: November episode of ah. No Simple Road. Well, this it, is going to be released on, on December first. So yeah. oh, wow. we already had our final episode of. November I mean, the first episode of December. Yes, yes that's what he meant. <laughs> it's Avram Brown
0: of the, the Wheel. The Wheel Music. Whoa! I just had like real vertigo. Okay, everything spun forward.
1: Well, Avram, thank Great. you so much weird. for joining us in the studio, coming over, bearing gifts, no less. He came with gifts for all of us, T-shirts, an album. Um, He brought Palo us Santo. Palo Santo and Nag Champa. It was a really beautiful evening. We got to, you know, learn who Avram was and about the album and we listened to some music together. It was a really great night. So Avram again, thank you so much for coming over and we still have to plan our He's coming to cook our dinner. He's coming to cook. Oh sweet. Right on. Um,
0: Avram is the first guest to come to the house and prepare the space. Yeah spiritually speaking for his energetically speaking, I should say for for the episode. It was awesome. Yeah,
2: it is. He and did, it won. it did. It, it brought Yeah, yeah. And it, and he talks about that here in the interview too. That's it's kind of the ritual he used in the recording studio to prepare. Yeah. Uh,
0: Avram is a incredibly talented artist and his uh him and I have a share a lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah. Him and I we It was nice we've become yeah. buddies since
1: and he's a, a, a close neighbor too. Yeah.
0: So yeah. That's
1: something that's super cool.
0: But the, this album and, and the project, the wheel, but this, this album in particular is, a. I want to say everybody that's listening to the show should put on headphones mm-hmm. and listen to the album from the beginning to the end. If you're of an age of me or Apple or even Mel, um, you remember like going to the record store and getting an album that was meant to be played beginning to end. And uh, like electric lady land is the one that always comes up in my head. Like you can pull certain songs off that album.
1: Yeah. That's what a song is. You can listen to but, it independently, but, but an
0: album in context with the rest of the songs on that album, they mean so much more. There's so much depth to them. And, uh,
1: it's like jumping in the middle of the story.
0: Right. And so that's what the wheel is. You should really, really sit down and uh, give it a, give it a perusal from beginning to yeah,
1: end. Yeah. If you want to have, if you want to hear it as the artist meant it, right? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good way to put it. Like, of course you can pull the songs cause Coyote Mass. That is an awesome song. Dope video. I highly recommend you go to YouTube and watch that. But, um, let that just be a small chunk of what you the sit down and really pay attention to the entire album.
0: Does Avram have anything coming up here in town that you saw, Apple? or
2: uh, Not until next year. Um, he has a couple dates coming up next year, which will be February 24th, Portland, Oregon at Strum. And April 12th, 2024 in Portland at McMiniman, McMiniman's Owl's Den. Owl's Den. But but if you want to keep an eye out, go to thewheelmusic.com to find out more about this and when upcoming shows will be happening. And you can check out ordering that vinyl. On
1: the Wheel Music on Instagram, um, there is a link in his bio to order that album.
2: The, the album
0: like the it's beautiful album artwork's amazing and just all of it's done with a lot of intention and um it, just he he has a really rich story man and getting to know him since the episode since we interviewed him it, it just all makes so much more sense so i i'm really really excited to introduce this particular artist to the no simple road family of listeners because the, it's special. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, it's well, it's this, right this in
1: line is, with with what everybody l- would love.
2: Yeah. And you'll hear in the interview, too, this was, this was an album that was a long time coming and in the making. And it, it shows in the quality and the emotion and everything contained in it.
0: Yeah, this is mm-hmm. straight up family here. And
1: you know what was cool about this is that I usually like things that are silly and wacky and fun. This is serious in the perfect kind of a way. Do you oh know yeah, what I mean? He bring, like it th- brings this a is, vibe, yes, exactly. It's a vibe. It's uh, serious, but not like stiff. It's a gr- it's just amazing. It's a, what he's done here.
0: He, you said serious and and the computer is now listening to us. It thought, oh you my God, wait oh um
2: stop uh, all, these listening. Que- all these cues nowadays oh, stop Rene. listening she she can't hear you. She
0: only hears my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You may have noticed that there was only one commercial at the beginning of the episode, or two, if if the network dropped one in. We're trying something different this week, so you know, feel free to throw your feedback our way and let yeah. us know what y'all think. Um, I want to welcome our new Patreon subscribers. That's right. This week we have one.
1: Is that right? Yeah, we've yeah. got a new patron, and uh, Tanya. Name. W, thank you so much for being a chan donator. Tanya, I mean, yeah. Appreciate it, Tanya, more than you realize. Just the it doesn't even matter how much, it's the support, period. Yeah. So we appreciate you. Thank you. See? There, there we is. We speak your name, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Tanya.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, for all of you that are wondering why somebody would sign up on Patreon, well, the reason is we have Andrew's Picks, where he's picking jams from all over the jam world, the deepest filet mignon cuts from all over the world. We have Connor, our own Grateful Dead archivist here at No Simple Road, picking deep cuts from the Jerry Garcia band in the Grateful Dead. We have Apple doing his cinematic adventures. We have Mel pulling the tarot card of the day for all of you. You could think of that as like your own personal horoscope every every
3: day-ish. You
1: know, th- that has really been... You know, coming, making me think of things that I never would have thought of. It's bringing a whole other insight from our current life into No Simple Road World.
0: Well, there it is. So if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, music, uh, if you want to learn about why I'm a coffee nerd, um, if you want to have all the episodes a day early and ad free, (laughs) then, you know you can go over to Patreon and sign up for as little as a buck a month. Patreon.com forward slash no simple road. You can go to our website. You can get a tarot reading from Mel and I. You can buy them as a gift for somebody. If you don't know what to get them, you can buy them a tarot reading or no simple road merch. That's also where our uh, calendar of events is. And we have this week. No, next week, Thursday, the no simple road. Holiday Holiday Get get Down down. at the Get Down. It is upon
2: us.
1: It is quick.
0: Yeah, that's Thursday night. Oh, my gosh. Doors at 7, shows at 8. We got members of Bodie Mojo, Lost Ox, Garcia Birthday Band, Sponge, World's Finest, And Family Mystic.
1: Wow. Look at me. I did it finally. Right
0: on. And uh, tickets are still available. They're going fast. So if you were thinking about going, get off the fence and come hang out with everybody because those tickets could end up being gone and then you'd be sad. I know. I know a few people who bought some
1: today. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it's going to be a blast. I heard that the spirit of Christmas, jolly old St. Nick will be showing up. Oh, oh. oh. And uh, his reindeer and elves. And all um,
2: kinds of other surprises and things.
0: So come hang out with us, man. It's it's going to be a party. I promise you. Three sets of music. We got a hell of a band put together. So come come join us. You can get tickets at nosimpleroad dot com or thegetdownpdx.com Uh, you can go call one-eight oh eight fifteen twenty four. That is the, the No Simple line. Road tepid line. Or the, the David line or the John B. line. <laughs> Depends. Make
1: it your line at 971-808-1524 yeah. and tell us about your holiday happenings. And
0: now it's December 1st. Ooh, so did we get- who is it going to be the first person to leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts? for the month of december
2: yeah we got the one you? for november we are at 420 on five-star ratings so we need come on everybody jump on there do it be the first jump one to review on throw a five-star do review it. make us the, the algorithm pop us up in front of more people please yeah, yeah
0: mycelium you know you know what the, you know the score what the word is bird no anyway the bird uh, is the word it is no. i think that's it tell somebody you love about no simple road and That's make a great thing to do. Yeah. It will expose them to us and we will expose yeah. ourselves to. The, no, wait. What? No. I don't want to expose myself.
1: No. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no.
2: Not to the general public. Anyway. I was going to interrupt here too. Interruption. Interruption. This is an announcement. Uh-oh. Everybody probably saw on Instagram, everybody out there in your thoughts, wish Aaron and Mel a happy 26th <laughs> anniversary. It is oh. dope. These two are so cute. If you're on Instagram, you saw like the posts they did, all the pictures of each other, and all the good times they've had together. And these two are just inspiring, awesome, and they are my best friends and family. And I love you guys.
1: Love Thank you too, you man. Thanks, Apple. That. It took Appreciate me that. hours to do that.
2: Well, <laughs> wait, I know. I t- I saw the <laughs> timeline of you. It was like I was like, damn, what's Mel doing this morning? And I saw that before I left. And I went and yelled at Mel. I was like, I'm leaving for the day. That was awesome, by the way. Mm. Happy anniversary. And then well there was one other huge announcement today which is kind of appropriate for Your anniversary.
1: Yeah, it was. What
2: what was that? Uh, Uh, I don't think anybody knows about it. Uh,
1: What? Fish is going to be in Vegas in April, the 18th through the 21st at the Sphere for four days of chaos and corona lighting and fun and excitement and what? Vegas (sighs) plus fish plus Plus no simple road. Mel? What? Mel? Yes.
0: It's our anniversary today.
1: Thank you. Fish
0: announced the sphere <laughs> on our anniversary. For us.
2: Uh-huh. They're paying attention.
0: <laughs> you, wait. You saying what you just said is all the anniversary gift I need.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. You being
0: excited about going to see fish at the sphere. Well,
1: okay. There's a lot of reasons why. This is not just like going to see fish. Well, even like, Even though going to see fish is never just going to see fish. Right. It's always a big deal when we're going to see fish. I don't care if we've gone to Dick's already or if we've already seen them at the venue. Fish is always a grand deal, but like back home in Vegas minutes from where we used to live, like we just know the city so much. We could, we're going to go home and visit our family before, you know, a couple of days before, it's just going to be dope. It's going to be amazing. And then at the Sphere with all the we've been talking about the Sphere for months yeah. because you know um, the state Nick of the art. works for you know for Yesco which helped to make the Sphere and so we've been getting like back in the day before it was open like little tidbits here and there about it. So it's like a it's a big deal in many ways. It's like Vegas, our home stomping ground. It's this incredible venue that we're all excited to. Be at eh. and <laughs> well, the other thing to me too, like
2: like the way of the, like we we all are as fish fans, like everybody talks like nobody has seen them at this venue yet no there's no, is, no there's like no one, bre- one this one is brand oh, new going, to everybody i saw them at the fish that's I right apple yeah. 97 and, man. and we have no idea like you said the crow to light show it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with this i mean this is the state of the art technology in the world in y- they this they place the, they, and they're all get a geek out on this exactly they have been they have five just saying Aaron on the porch earlier i was like they've already been doing it now they've announced that they have five months still to create whatever they're going to do and, and they you know always it's going to be mind blowing. Yeah,
1: they always love to one up themselves. Yeah. Um, so to have this venue that's already a one up in in itself and then to and put, they get
2: control yeah,
0: of man. the spaceship. I, I told Bryce today, I said, they. <laughs>
1: and then they it's need af- the, wait a minute, it's, it's to, after our trip to I Mexico. Know.
0: They need to install like O-rings <laughs> on the back of the seats. And hook bungee cords to them and, and give everybody those little kid like, harnesses. harnesses that you see wearing fall. at Disneyland so that we don't eat shit in the, in the sphere. And then at the end of the show, it'll be just a bunch of wooks hanging from the rafters. And they'll have to yeah, like I said, the,
2: They'll be like, okay, you guys have one hour to recuperate before <laughs> out we out make menu. you get out of your seats and leave. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah, that was a great.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: when you came in the room this morning, I thought you were just being sweet because it was our our like happy because it was our anniversary six in the morning. But then you, like, you were really excited. You were like Mel, wake up. <laughs> Happy guess anniversary. What? guess what i think you said guess what first and told me about fish and then you said happy anniversary <laughs>
2: that came first it was I, and though. then it was i just gotta, I gotta throw it out there too cam you nailed it today your video about waking up finding out about the spirit is so funny
0: yep mel and i already sold the turkey back from thanksgiving so all we're right. on the way all right everybody this is it this is the part of show when we go to the interview now.
1: I just want to say one thing about our <laughs> anniversary. Um, There's a, quite a few uh, people that wrote me behind the scenes, just, you know, saying congratulations and all that. And there's quite a few people that were like saying, you know, that we are like, like role models, you know, for, for love and for how people would want to be. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who said that. I, never set out with loving Aaron as being a role model. I just love you and love our life. And I think that that's my only advice for 26 years is just to really love your partner radically and dramatically and without any inhibition. Yeah.
0: If I have any advice for anybody out there, if if I'm a role model, then uh, okay, cool. Um, but my advice is, you just don't quit. Yeah. No matter what, you mean what you said when you said "I do," and you go for it all the way forever, no matter what. Unless somebody's like,
1: we're we're not doing about the exceptions. Everybody yeah, knows no. your you, everyone knows your exception that you shouldn't unless tolerate. Like doesn't bring
0: you what you wanted for dinner, or like you know, get you no, the wrong Christmas present. Then it's it's like, just cool because
1: you know we didn't. Like I said, we didn't. We try and we never try to do anything on purpose. Well,
0: never tried to do anything on purpose I,
1: with our love. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. we never were like we're gonna be the fucking no. poster boys we're for the-
2: Take our love and market no, it this way. Yeah, we're
1: gonna be the <laughs> next Twin Flame. Yeah, I was gonna say
3: we're gonna start a new Twin Flame. <laughs> oh thing. my god!
1: Yep, no, gonna- it's just cool, you know. Yeah, and just it, don't quit, man. It's cool and it's real.
0: I love you, baby. Love you too, baby. Happy 26 years in. I Can you even fathom that? No. It's, it's so wild. I was thinking about like driving to the justice of the peace. And, and I told you this morning, like terrified and like, what the fuck are we doing? But not having a choice. It was so like I scary. I didn't know what I was doing. And I, but I just knew that. It was we couldn't I, not do yeah, it. Yeah, you have to do this, and why? But I just was doing it. Like
1: marriage was the only solution to anything that we so were weird. Yeah, yeah, it was very strange. High
0: five, man! <laughs> Fucking good job, <laughs> Well done. <laughs> well done to. To
1: like it was like a, a forced marriage by ourselves. Yeah, like we shot. Forced, we like <laughs> were holding the shotgun
0: <laughs> on ourselves.
3: <laughs> weird
0: hindsight is really 2020 and strange as fuck what a long strange trip it's been for sure it's been
1: a cool trip that's yep. what I, was, I would it's not strange it's it's been cool okay anyway it's been perfectly normal <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing weird nothing to see nothing him on. <laughs> all right
0: everybody
2: i mean it this time we're gonna we're gonna go to the interview now darwin's so. starting to get annoyed he knows when we're wrapping up and now he's looking at all three of us like you were supposed to wrap up minutes ago and you guys keep said talking. it was time now he's looking at me like apple shut up you're still talking so
1: now okay, we got everybody we nice go. and excited for avram Yep. <laughs>
2: all right everybody go
0: go follow avram at the wheel music on instagram go stream his songs buy his vo- vinyl Go see him if he plays live near you.
1: And uh, thewheelmusic.com.
0: And uh, yeah, Yeah, I'm super stoked to introduce you to something amazing, everybody. So without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Avram Brown from The Wheel.
4: guy that he spent all that time in the studio with and they did that crazy stuff and he eventually built electric lady the studio oh yeah yeah yes like holy shit the console by the way that they made all that stuff on is at the the pop art or pop music pop culture museum in seattle open oh, seattle oh, the oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one by the space yes. needle yeah thing. used to be yes. the project experience and all hendrix Museum, but now that's just like a section of the museum.
1: Yeah, we went into that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember going into
0: (laughs) I remember taking a picture of a, like, bird that was on the ground that had been opened up by something, and that just, like, perfectly intact bird laying on the ground. That's my memory of going to that museum. Of going museum. to
1: the museum. Yeah. That's oh. great. The, the, the outside.
3: <laughs> Not the Jimi Hendrix experience. It wasn't in the Not museum. The Nirvana. It was outside on the
4: sidewalk. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's crazy, dude. It, yeah. It,
4: it sounded like something that would have been downstairs where they have all that like horror movie memories. No, movie. no. Yeah, it's the
2: sci-fi, the that's sci-fi right. museum. <laughs> yeah. Seattle's horror. I told him he took the wow. picture. It looked like something that should have been because they had the Nirvana exhibit yes, going on. Yes. I was like, it looks like something that would have been on their album or like like heart shaped box or something. Totally. It, was, it, was, it was a trip.
0: No, you're not you're not tripping. We're we're trying something different. Yeah. And so here's the deal. It's that gift giving time of the year, and it's the perfect time to get buy one, get one free mushroom chocolates from our Ooh. sponsor, Melt, Melt mushroom Mushrooms.
1: Premium chocolate.
0: Go to at Melt Mushrooms on Instagram. Shoot them a DM. Tell them no simple road sent you. You are gonna get buy one, get one free mushroom chocolate bars or capsules.
2: And they are so delicious. There's a bunch of flavors to choose from. My favorites are mint and peanut butter, but they're all good. Would and you put them walk- together, mint, peanut butter? I did do that, and it's actually pretty good. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So
1: when you are ready, you are going to um, go to at Melt Mushrooms on Instagram and DM them. You're going to say, hey, I heard you on No Simple Road, and I want to look at that menu. They're going to send you the menu, and you are going to get through the month of November. Buy one, get one free.
0: That's right, and Remember, four grams of their sacred mushroom blend in every bar, along with other functional mushrooms that help your body, your mind and your spirit. This is the time of year when receiving something like that would be dope. And hey, you know, if you buy one for somebody else, you're getting buy one, get one free. So you're actually buying yourself a gift. Too. There you go. So That's go to dope. at Melt Mushrooms. Tell them no simple road sent you. Tell me. Tell me a little bit about the journey of the wheel.
4: Yeah. So it is a question I've been getting, you know, why is it called The Wheel? Okay. And, uh, um, you know, I think there's a, you know, there's obviously a long history of bands named after songs by other bands. Okay. Mm. Like Radiohead is a song by the Talking Heads. Um, I didn't, I did not know that. It's true. Okay. <laughs> it's um, true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I stick by it. And there, yeah, there, it, it, you know, I think generationally what happens is bands are born out of other bands and it's not uncommon that <laughs> sure. that, that happens. So, um, absolutely. For me, the wheel, obviously there's, there's the song, the wheel mm-hmm. by the grateful dead. Um, ironically, never recorded by the grateful dead on any studio albums. Just doesn't exist. It's as true. Yeah. The only what? studio recording is as a solo Garcia. Version, yet okay. they the dead played it a ton of times, right? Live, one of my favorites. Same sense, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, then you know, there's also the Dharma wheel, the Buddhist concept. There's for me this very personal experience of sort of coming full circle, which is why I felt I needed to make this record in the first place and start this project. Cause I really feel like what I'm doing is bringing sort of almost like three hues of color into one palette for the first time in my life. Mm. What, what are
0: those hues?
4: So I've been, so I was raised on originally on folk music. Okay. Um, so my parents were like heavy into Pete Seeger and Arlo Guthrie and Bob Dylan and really music as sort of a political thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, I was also my mom's a dancer, so I was also exposed to a lot of other types of music and just a big record collection and I was like a latchkey kid that was sort of raised by a record mm. collection.
0: Um Yeah, we're close in age. We were we were a feral generation <laughs> for sure. Indeed.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so uh I very early on fell in love with the Beatles when I was a little kid as well. And so songwriting is one of those hues, right? Mm. Just a melody, a lyric, a couple simple chords. So picking up guitar for me was really just in service of this thing called songwriting or poetry. Right. With so you notes. had that in there primarily. Yeah, that was like the first thing I wanted to do Wow, was like write songs and learn how to sing a John Lennon or a Bob Dylan song. Like mm-hmm. that was priority. I got it. Yeah.
0: I totally get it.
4: And then it turned out like, oh, like this guitar thing is like, I can do more than strum chords to accompany a song. So yeah. then I sort of, took off into this guitar realm. Um, I discovered stuff like Pink Floyd, The Grateful Dead, uh, and eventually jazz music and fusion music. So early, you know, the early fusion explorations of Miles Davis. So like latter day Miles, like 68 to 75, all that John McLaughlin stuff. And mm-hmm. um really blew my mind. Uh, as well as the other McLaughlin stuff, the Mahavishnu Orchestra. And also something happened when I was 15. <sighs> my, uh, my parents, or my, yeah, my mom took me to see Ravi Shankar. Oh, wow.
1: wow.
4: <laughs> and I went into that show totally sober, just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, don't know what I'm getting myself into at 15-year-old all. 15-year-old kid. Yeah, and I walked out. What a perfect time to see him. Completely altered, like as if I were tripping. You got the Shakti. I got the Shakti. <laughs> yeah. I did. I got zapped. And I think it was Zakir Hussain on top. One. Oh, wow. We just yeah. saw him here. Oh,
1: not yeah. I missed
4: it. it was, oh, with Shakti. Uh, with McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. yeah Wait. Yeah. No, no. Was it? No. 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 McLaughlin wasn't with him. Oh. No.
1: um, Somebody. Uh, was his own thing. It was his, it was own, his thing. own thing. Oh, it, it, yeah. Well, actually, it. he's coming with Bela Fleck. Holy shit. That's a cool combo. The, yep.
0: <laughs> but I know Sorry. what you're talking about. That it, schnitzer. There, there's something. Mm-hmm there yeah
4: mm-hmm. yeah
0: mystical and real and tangible and Absolutely. ephemeral and 100 yeah, percent, yeah man
4: so and then i discovered like quote unquote real jazz so then i was like what's real jazz <laughs> so i'm you know i'm a total nerd about this Fuck stuff yeah but like love it for me it was everything that happened from like bebop in the late thirties through about 1967 when John Coltrane died. And then the birth of fusion happened in 68 and sort of very traditional jazz sort of stopped existing for the most part as particularly marketable and like prioritized by record labels. So that like whole blue note verve, like all that stuff that was happening Atlantic did some great stuff, but like uh, for me as a guitar player, there was always this like Holy Trinity of Charlie Christian who came around in the late 30s, Okay, um, Grant Green uh, and West Montgomery. Like that was my like holy trinity of guitar. And so that I was makes like, sense. and guitar is always an awkward instrument in the context of jazz. And, and a lot of like the jazz I grew up around and the jazz musicians that I was playing with in my like late teens and early 20s, they were like, we're not interested in amps and guitars. Like you can leave that at home. We'll just... <laughs> <laughs> we got piano, upright bass, and horns. Like we got it covered, you know. Okay. Um, but I fell in love with jazz, and at but at the same time, I was still very much in love with the Grateful Dead and this like spiritual thing. Like I remember very distinctly, at one point, like coming home from, I think it was a fall tour. I'm dating myself here. But, you know, <laughs> I already got
0: that, you when I said we were close in age. Yeah, you're, you're out.
4: Yeah, we're in the. We did see Jerry Club. Yes, we, um, yes. Yeah. So I remember coming home from like I think I did like a full fall tour, and came home, had been doing a lot of psychedelics on tour as one does, and I put on John Coltrane Giant Steps. Oh shit! And I was all alone at home, and I found myself like. Spinning to train the way I spin to the day. De- and I was like at a whole beautiful oh, this yeah. epiphany about the relationship between the improvised melody and the experience that I was sort of chasing by following the boys around the country. So yeah. So when I basically guitar became my thing and I was like, Oh, I've totally forgot about songwriting. Right. I was like mm-hmm. lyrics, whatever I'll write poetry, but I'm, you know, I just stopped being a songwriter and was just chasing this improvised guitar thing as like my sacred, like what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I ended up like thinking that's my path. And I got like really heavy into like the straight ahead, pure jazz guitar stuff. Uh, I ended up going to school for that. And when I landed at school, I just met all these cats that were playing in the studio and like making beats and like doing all this experimental stuff I was like, "Holy shit!" Like,
1: (laughs) I wanna, (laughs) yeah. Like, how you? This is
4: how you create a whole universe, not just play an instrument. Because there's a whole universe in the guitar. Oh yeah, but it has to interrelate to things too. Mm -hmm. You know, to be its most interactive, I guess. Um. So I fell in love with the idea of production, and there were three specific records that rocked my world, and that surprised me that they were so important to me that made me want to become a producer and totally. And and I did the same thing I did with songwriting where I like hung up the guitar, just like I hung up songwriting and I was like, I'm going all in on synthesizers and drum machines. I'm going to figure this shit out. (laughs) And so the three records were, uh, okay. Computer by, by Radiohead, um, Bjork's homogenic. Okay. Uh, and an album called mutations by Beck. Oh gosh! Oh Yeah, yeah. 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 Those three. Those are, b- wow, we've got very gold. similar. Gold. Not to be confused with gold. Oh, no, <laughs> mellow, <laughs> mellow, no, mellow, gold. Mellow gold. Yeah. A little earlier record of Beck's. Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. Continue.
4: Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah. So that was sort of the third hue. So it's like songwriter. Then it's like noodling guitar nerd chasing something. And then there's producer. And so I was on this producer trip forever producing other artists is what I figured was how I was going to be able to learn how to produce. Cause I was actually really in retrospect, maybe scared to play the role of artist and bring songwriting and guitar um, playing and all together and be producer. I knew how to wear the hat and drive the room. If it was somebody else's song. Okay.
2: So that felt not, way more
4: comfortable.
0: Yeah. There's, you, there's no skin. In, well, I won't say there's no skin in the game, but it's not your hundred percent your skin.
4: Yeah. I mean it, you can also you, you're willing to take more risks, I think.
0: For sure. If somebody else is out front and you're behind the curtain pulling the levers. Totally.
3: Yeah. And
2: capturing the magic. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: Yeah, so I got to Portland and there were some cats that were down to work, uh, you know, let me help them make records. So, um, I was fortunate enough to be invited by who co-produced the album with me, Raymond Richards. He invited me to become a partner at B-Side Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful space control room was all this blue knotty pine wood Mm. that's where i learned about burning palo santo from raymond oh right Um, on and you know i always knew there was this there's this cat from school ari raskin who's just like a ridiculous engineer and producer and just brilliant brain in the studio who taught me really the beginnings of everything i know about being in the recording studio he's always like man doesn't matter what gear you have what matters is the vibe
3: Ooh. cause he took this
4: one band out to some cabin in Cape Cod with just like this little reel to reel recorder. And like, you know, like cheap, like two, $300 microphones, like the cheapest gear you can get your hands on. Came back with a record that was so fucking beautiful that I was like, how did you do that?
1: It's not the gear. Yeah. Because if someone's inspired, it's what you're going to capture.
4: It's a, yeah. It's the vibe. It's the inspiration, but it's also the fact in it, Ari plays this down, but the fact that he's just, brilliant and has right. these ears and he yeah. can just really just nail putting the mic in the right place and tuning the drum the right way. And just, just something that I still struggle with. And that's the stuff that
0: as music fans, I don't think a lot of us even think about that stuff. When we listen to a finished
2: album, we take the ride. It's the holiday seasons yes, and it it's all hustle and bustle out there and you're out shopping and you probably don't want to go home and cook every night i don't got a great <laughs> idea what Just head over to fire on the mountain oh, great idea Ooh. dude they they are known for their chicken wings but they do all kinds of other stuff there are vegan options they are located three locations in portland two in denver and the brand spanking new one in bend
3: Ooh.
0: if if you're sitting at home and you're sitting there with everybody and you're like what are we gonna do for dinner this is the answer to that age-old question of what are we gonna do for dinner tonight so go to fire on the mountain get yourself some food and hey if you have vegans or vegetarians in the house they have them covered too with plenty of vegan and vegetarian options and always make sure to leave room for dessert if you go to fire on the mountain because you are going to eat some of the best freaking dessert you ever had in your whole entire life
1: And it's the holiday season, so go ahead and go to PortlandWings.com and pick up some merch for Under the Tree and maybe some sauces for that Christmas evening dinner or something.
0: You know, that would be cool. Christmas Eve chicken wing Mm -hmm. throwdown. Or for that cook that you don't know what to get them, buy them some sauces and then make them make you wings. It's see, a whole, see, it's, there it is. See, you know, like with, that the, with the mushrooms, you buy one, get one free, and then you get yourself a bar here. You buy somebody that you love that knows how to cook. Fire on the Mountain sauce, and then they have to cook you chicken wings. So it's it's a selfish gift giving time of year. <laughs> Do it, everybody. Go to Fire on the Mountain. They are part of the No Simple World family, and it is the Grateful Dead family cooking you delicious. Food. That's right. So go check it out.
4: And that's where you know it all started for me too. Right. And then it's like, oh shit, this is a craft. Just like songwriting is a craft. Right. Just like filmmaking is a craft. You know, just like yeah. freaking woodwork is a craft. Like you just you got to work on it. Um. So yeah. So those are the three hues. And so this record, and I really am grateful to B Side Studios and to Raymond Richards for saying, you know what, like it's let's bring it all together. Like wear your producer hat, get the sounds you're looking for, play the guitar parts, take some solos, and let's make this all about your songs.
1: Wow.
0: Were were these (laughs) are these songs that have been with you for a long time or are these created for this occasion? Yes. (laughs)
4: Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. yeah, it's so, a mix. Yeah, it is a mix. So a couple of the tunes uh have been around since, you know, forever. Like, you know, I landed after I left Boston, I landed in LA and wrote a bunch of songs and some of those songs made it to this record. Um, my partner of fourteen years and I also split up in twenty seventeen. Uh, and so there was a whole lot of emotion to work through there mm. so a lot of the songs also came from that at least three or four of the tunes on the record are just all showed up within like 48 hours of each other
1: wow that's- it's one of those
4: things where you're sitting at the piano or the guitar and you just sort of take dictation and the song isn't really yours the just muse is is
0: speaking directly through your gray matter
4: you're just lucky to be there and yeah. not have missed the opportunity because the song was floating by with or without wow. your presence it's
0: gonna get somewhere yeah yeah yeah
1: so did you just magically become okay with taking center stage then uh you say that as if i am okay with it. No. <laughs> <That's a huge laughs> assumption. well um, because you know like kind of what you said that raymond said to you let's make all this about you and your songs like yeah That is very like flashlight mirror holding up kind of, you know, talk. And so if you're not 100% comfortable with that, then it could be uncomfortable producing whatever you need to produce. So how do you kind of, you know, marry the two? or how do you get okay with that? How do you? Um, I think uh,
4: I'm sort of going to answer a different question than you asked. Sure. So I can try to answer the question (laughs) because I don't know that I actually am... I know the answer. Like, I don't really know how to be okay with that because it's a process. Okay. What I fell in love with is the process Mm. of chipping away and crafting something in the studio. And so the question that I'll answer more is how do you be okay with letting a song be done? Mm. Like, how do you go? Okay. Yeah. Send that to mastering. It's going on the record like that. That's the part where it's like, how do you stop? and yeah. call it finished because it's forever you could exactly fiddle with it forever right and okay. that's what i found myself doing and raymond is a really sort of disciplined producer and really likes to approach things with this is our time box this is our palette of sounds and we're do we're we're, we're creating something based on what you have available to you, mm-hmm. as opposed to this is an infinite rabbit hole and you could mm-hmm. be making the same album for 10 years. Yes. Okay, um, so there's structure gotta there.
1: gotta get somewhere,
0: man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you
4: look up Raymond's credits, like, you know, kudos to him for pumping out so much great work with wow. so many artists as a producer because he knows how to get shit done.
1: He's not messing around.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: you know, that's pretty impressive to be able to not only inspire, but to keep somebody in line because those are two separate things. And I, and I'm, you know, with other artists, like I did both
4: cascade crescendos full lengths. Wow. Okay. And as their producer, like that was my job. I was like, okay guys, this is the time box. This is the palette. You know, they're like, what if we try it? No, that's not in the palette. You know, um, let's stick with the intention and the vision of the album and why we're here. Like we're here to achieve something specific. Let's execute on that. Right. And I'm proud of the way both those records came out. I don't know if you've checked those guys out. No, No. Yeah. Cascade Crescendo. They're, they're like a jam grass. It's like a bluegrass kind of vibe with some experimentation. Right right up our alley. Yeah. Are they (laughs) local up here? Yeah. So they're, they've all sort of parted ways and they're doing separate projects now. Um, But they were together for the two full lengths for a few years. Okay. So
0: So you mentioned that you and your partner split up Mm -hmm. for 14 years. That's a it's a big deal. And to take that and make that part of what you're going to put out for everyone to see. Mm. That's a it's tough. It's, what was that process like?
4: It's a good question. I don't know if I know cognitively what mm-hmm. it was like. Right. I think I know more emotionally. Yeah, okay. And makes sense writing the songs was really therapeutic, you know, and making the record was therapeutic, and like laying down the vocals was therapeutic. um you know, turning river is up into a duet and having Haley Johnson come sing it with me. uh River is up features her. she sings a whole verse by herself and sing harmonies together. Um, that's what that song was supposed to be a conversation mm. you know wow. about honoring the fact that this thing isn't working, Mm -hmm. honoring the fact that we've gotten to this place where even though there's still love, it's just the alignment is gone. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, there's like four songs on the record that just all showed up. There's also some, this is sort of dovetailing into what the next record is going to be. Cause Mm -hmm. there was a bunch of stuff we recorded that didn't make this record that wants to be on the next record um there is an element of grief as well um not just for a relationship um but for literal people who have passed away in my life yeah um so that's you know more to come on that but this record sort of ends with that song northern lights which is in a way i guess foreshadowing of the next record sort of theme
0: was that intentional no,
4: I'm just realizing it now. Oh, that's so <laughs> sick. Oh, that's, that's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Heck that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. I knew it was the right ending for the record, but I didn't know why.
0: So, this album represents what? catharsis.
4: Yeah, and I feel like I mean, isn't all honest songwriting mm. that
0: I, I hope I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, especially if you are delving into improvisation that requires a certain amount of self-awareness and trust Mm -hmm. in yourself. So you would have had to come to some kind of resolution in yourself to be able to let go in the moment and trust that that whatever that thing is, is going to, take over and allow you to move inside of it I don't I for 30 plus years I've been trying to figure out what that thing is I still don't know Mm -hmm. what it is that I was chasing when I was touring with the dead Mm -hmm. I can't there's no name for that thing but I know that the times in my life when I've been able to experience it the most fully deeply is when I'm resolute with who I am and what's going on. Yeah. Does
4: that make sense? Oh, totally. The, uh, it's funny. So today I was listening to your, uh, Mm -hmm. cascade equinox Mm -hmm. week one episode. Yes. And you guys were talking about sort of the festival culture and relationship between what's happening in the moment as a thing where humans are gathering and experiencing something collectively yeah. and spiritual and religious experiences. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the name that's, that's it. So I don't know if you guys remember the family of unlimited devotion. Of course the no. song from the first grateful dead album, the golden road to unlimited right. devotion, right? The family of unlimited devotion, AKA the spinners. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was very much like an attempt it turned into a weird culty thing, but it was an attempt at creating organized religion out of the Grateful Dead culture. Right. So I, you know, I definitely think this idea of, and then like, you know, Ravi Shankar, that experience that I had, like this idea that there's something devotional and pure about the improvised note. And that's, it just brings, like it unifies everybody in the room or the, whatever the venue is around a single moment in time
0: for one frequency yeah we're and, we're al- we're entrained to that frequency in that whether it be for an eighth note or whatever yeah and, and we're all time- waiting for it too. Yeah, yeah yeah that's the, all that's the thing it. we
1: all and we yeah. recognize it when it's played yeah which is so weird because it's nowhere that that's nowhere well, at first think about
0: what you were saying earlier about the room being empty space. Oh
1: yeah. So we were on a walk. Um, I was, we went on a, to a concert the other day to see object heavy and they were at the good foot and they were incredible. And I started to realize in that moment, you know, before they played, they're playing like some music, you know, like Shaka Khan and like some kind of R and B fun stuff or whatever. Um, Then when they came on and you could hear people like talking and in, in the room when they came on, the entire area of sound was filled up then Mm. you couldn't hear otherwise you'd have to scream and everything was still happening at the same level yet they took up the rest of the space and i was just thinking about how space can take up or not how sound can take up space Mm. and i started i was like intrigued by it i was like that's so weird that there was already Loudness in that room, we could hear things, but then they came in and added to it, and then there was no more. You couldn't have had more sound in there. Well,
0: and everybody in that room is waiting expectantly for whatever's happening to happen, even as it's happening, the next thing, the next yeah. no, yeah. the next vocal. so there's a unspoken agreement between. Everybody in the room that we're or a knowing that we're even. taking this thing in that's happening, and, th- and then to take it even a step further, the same thing is happening on the stage between the musicians that are playing, especially in an impro- improvised setting where okay, we're going to step off the cliff together and we're going to experience whatever this thing is together. That's magic, as far as I'm concerned.
4: I completely agree that it's magic. And mm-hmm. it's a, and you know, I was, uh, there's two little clips that have been going around in sort of the muso algorithm, right. For the, <laughs> for the nerds, the Wook um, algorithm. <laughs> there's one, um, it's Winton Marsalis talking about, he's doing like a Q and a after playing with his band. And somebody asks, who do you prioritize yourself as an improviser or the listener? And his answer was, well, I am the listener. So of course I prioritize the listener. Oh my gosh. And then there, there's also a Pat Metheny one that I just saw where he says in an ideal scenario, there's a, there's music playing and it's being improvised in the moment and it's just unfolding and I'm just listening to it. And there happens to be a guitar player in the band and it happens to be me. Mm. And I happen to be, the person who's making those notes physically, but I'm just there as a listener. And if I'm just hearing He's like a
1: trained interpreter,
4: yeah, it's like, if I hear what I want, if I'm hearing the thing that the music is asking for, then I'm doing something pure.
1: Wow.
0: I need to think about that for
4: a second. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know, That's you, know how,
4: you know how, like, wow. You know, the big psychedelic epiphany of like, We are all like consciousness is the universe seeking to know itself. Yeah. yeah. We're
0: experienced. It's experiencing itself through us.
4: That's what we're all it. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. So, so if the big bang is vibration and everything is like this sort of sympathetic resonance from then for all of eternity as frequency and those frequencies are organizing all matter into life and reality as we know it, then to witness music in the moment, is to see God. Yeah, it's, it's to the experience the very creation of the universe in real time. And then the fact that you get to be part of that and your body just happens to be the body who's connected to the fingers that are connected to the strings that are connected to the pickups to the amp, whatever. Like that just that's just happenstance. Well and then but, then, the- but also
1: then the dancer is hearing well, it too. And we're using yeah. our body as the same way the instrument is being played by the musician. Yeah. Well,
0: and and the best dancing is when exactly what you just explained him playing i know for myself when i'm dancing there's there's an i'm dancing and then there's also a i'm being played by the music yes and i'm gone i yes. am completely gone totally and then i'm like a marionette for whatever's happening yeah and that's the
1: so we are getting Plugged that in. same type of, um, how, well, we, like, you know. Hi. <laughs> well, hi, but really it's kind of like we're feeling whatever the spirit or whatever the, mm. that frequency is trying to say. We're feeling it and we're all expressing it in different ways through dance, through song, Our own interpretation through, of it. Yeah. But,
0: it, but you just blew my mind as far as like the guitar is concerned. Never thought about it like that, like in the context of dancing, of being able to do that with the guitar.
3: Hmm. How?
0: How? I mean, that's just like muscle memory and and that then you forget all that.
4: I think that's the goal. Yeah. I mean. uh, I want that. I want to do that. Me too. Like I'm chasing that, you know. Like on this record, there's only one or two moments where I'm improvising on the guitar. You know, they're very brief. Mm -hmm. Love and Truth has a little bit. You know, there's a little bit here and there. Um, it's very different than what I do live. Um, Yeah, and you know what I do live is stretch the songs out more. Um but I really am approaching this a little bit differently than I think a traditional jam band is doing in 2023 or 2024. Yeah. Um, uh, I know which what I pick up on and there's, there was this old saying, I don't know if you remember this, that like a grateful dead show is a party, but a Jerry Garcia band show is church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I always felt way more connected to the church side of it, right—the sacred side of it. In fact, I literally used to go to the John Coltrane, the St. John Coltrane Church in San Francisco yeah. on Sunday mornings. <laughs> That's a just, thing. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's right. And and you know the person who is leading the service has a tenor saxophone. You know, um, that would be dope. It is. Oh it my god. Definitely worth checking out. I hope they're still there. Um, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to go all the time. Um, the, uh there's there's a lot of jam bands today that are so fun to dance to and party to. And there's like a funky party thing going on. And a lot of the lyrics are very playful. Um, and then there's this, like what I remember feeling is almost like this Robert Hunter biblical thing, which was like this like sacred delicate, you know, thing. And when I look at the jam band scene today, I mostly see what feels like a lot of influence from a fantastic band that I've seen several times and really respect fish. And, you know, I am in awe of Trey's guitar playing. I think Paige McConnell is phenomenal. I think they're all great. Um, And I enjoy their shows a lot. And I am, Particularly, I nerd out on Trey's gear. Oh yeah, <laughs> as a guitar player, <laughs> so does he. Yeah, <laughs> which I love. I love that geeked out stuff because that connects through to my studio brain as right. well. Yeah, but um, what I don't see a lot of in the jam band scene, aside from some choice dead cover bands, is this more delicate, biblical lyrics, poetry, Bob. Dylan kind of with the sacred geometry kind of improvisation stuff. And so I feel like kind of a little bit called to the mat, like Mm -hmm. someone's got to do that. Like there, there's a role to play here. Wow. And so what I don't want to do is play someone else's music, you know, like an occasional cover is a lovely tasteful thing to do. And I'm sure I'll do those, but I have a bunch of songs and I'm writing new songs every day as well. So I'm like, can I play my songs in a way? And can I make records, but also play live shows? And can I bring these three hues into one palette? Oh, damn. Can I be the poet, songwriter, the studio producer that creates these universes and these tapestries that you can experience with headphones on and your eyes closed and take that into a live setting, stretch it out? and explore and go to places that are only going to happen in that ephemeral moment Mm.
1: once. Yes, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We just saw it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We just saw
0: some of it at Alberta street pub there.
1: Also, how often are people feeling called to something so specific? That's Mm. very specific. Uh, And maybe it's not that other jam bands aren't doing it, but you're seeing something that it's your size. It Like it's your fit. You feel like this is, I could do this. This is my thing. Like I know that's what was always Aaron's favorite was the Jerry stuff. And every time I hear that, that's always the stuff that's like, Oh my God. Yes. Like it, it has a whole different feeling. Jerry
0: and Melvin together. They're there. That's there's something there that you are not really finding elsewhere and i i have to agree with what you said about the jam scene and
1: but i was, I was trying to, to to in my rolodex thinking of like but, but you're you're I I, yeah.
0: I I agree with you but i think that what we're seeing is with Melvin and Jerry when you would go to a Jerry show you would have the full experience of that thing for the show that was what it was was mm-hmm. that sacred unfolding as you were there yeah what we're seeing in the jam scene in my experience now with Fish and two or three other bands is there's moments you're getting moments of it totally that you're, you there's drop-ins and and the more i see them the longer those moments are getting mm. those moments are are encroaching on the space more frequently and longer duration we just saw um we went to four days of fish at, at Dick's this summer and on the saturday night you know split open and melt super silly song or not and Towards the end of the song, there was three minutes or four minutes of atonal communication mm. that was happening. Like, where I stopped dancing completely and was standing behind Mel and put my arms around her and held on because I felt like my feet were going to get lifted off mm. backwards, mm-hmm. like a fire hose of information, not music coming. Mm. And There was a very particular kind of frequency that happened with Hunter and Garcia. There was something there. Those two together, whatever their vibratory fields were meshed in a certain way that allowed that thing to come through in a very pure, sweet, dark kind of a way. And a lot of us connected to that thing. And I don't think that that, Flavor can happen again because those two people aren't there to do that thing. Totally. Right. But like I said, I feel like there, there is such a need for that, that it's going to find its way through no matter what. And I think that's part of where you're at is you feel that, that call, you hear that thing because you've, opened yourself to it and been a conduit for it. So it makes an indelible mark on your personage to move it forward, whatever it is. I don't know what the fuck it
4: is. Totally. And I, you know, I've seen Melvin with JGB with like, you know, Stu Allen on guitar or, or Cadlecheck or whoever, depending on the version of JGB. And I've gone to those shows because I want a little of that. I want to remember that and capture that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's beautiful and I'm so grateful that Melvin's still here and that he's still doing the Mm -hmm. thing. Um, and you know, a big part of JGB also was the Motown covers and the Bob Dylan covers and the, just like the, really the honoring of songs that meant something to Jerry Mm -hmm. and Melvin personally. Um, and I think that, I have, you know, I have no interest in trying to do that myself, but what I see is, um, there's like a philosophical lens through which one can improvise music and write songs. Mm -hmm. Cause I never thought of myself as I want to do a jam band. I thought of myself as like, I've got these songs. I'm going to make a record in the studio. That's a record that I would want to hear. And then I realized, I, well, then we got to Love and Truth, and I was like, this song wants me to play an extended guitar solo, so I'm going to do it. And I was a little rusty, and it just worked out, and it's fine. But now I've been playing a lot, and I've been playing with pedals and exploring sounds. And I'm like, I want to play out. Like, I want to open these songs up. So now I'm really taking a good look at the jam band scene, which, of course, I've been aware of and gone to tons of shows over the years. And what I see is, absolutely as I think as fish has matured individually as musicians and as a unit, an organism that communicates with each other, mm-hmm. they've become more nuanced and less what I remember seeing literally in Vermont in 1991. Right. So they were definitely much more like athletic about music in the beginnings. <laughs> yes. Now they're like, <laughs> there's something really, they're trying to do something really that's art and that's really beautiful. Um, and they're also fun and goofy and silly right. and their lyrics are silly, right. and, you know, mm-hmm. and it's this whole world that they get to paint and it's their world. And it, it has all of its lore and character arcs and everything that the dead did and any great band does really. Um, and then I see a whole generation of musicians younger than them that are really, really huge fish heads that are taking a page from the book. So goose, eggy, all these guys seem to really have this, uh, their own thing that's uniquely theirs Mm -hmm. and kudos to them. And I, by the way, I really love goose's choices of covers. The fact that they cover the national excellent covers. Yeah. Like they have really good taste in music, right? Yes. Um, But they're very much approaching it through their own approach. Of course, they've got a percussionist, you know, that's just doing hand percussion in addition to the drummer. Which is kind of like an Almond Brothers move. Like, there's, it's, it's very, very interesting and they're doing their own thing. But I would argue that there's still very much sort of a fish heavy undertone going on there as far as like who is their big influence on their live sound. And I think that that seems to be the case with most of the jam bands that are breaking
0: through. Well, I uh, think back. It's hard not to. If you think back to. 2000 any of the bands that were coming out then and this is a question do you feel that maybe those bands were derivative of the grateful dead at that time because that was the the zeitgeist for them like to come who? from the lexicon that who do they,
4: you have in mind string cheese i don't really know their music very well Unfortunately.
0: So I, I think cheese would be a, a good example of that or, um, geez, Max Creek.
4: Oh, um, Max Creek for sure. Yeah. But I feel like what I remember of Max Creek, there was a good, and by the way, this today's, I know we're, I, I don't know if I should be referencing the date cause it's not when you guys, it's fine. Gonna, but today is the anniversary of, um, Wayne Almond's death. Oh wow! Yeah, and I think Max Creek had a huge dose of almonds. True. In there,
0: true. But I, I just say that because I, I love thi- that you know Max Creek. Yeah, though. yeah. I think that that's a a picture of <laughs> nectar. No, that's a picture of <laughs> um where we're at in space time. That's, yeah. that's the that's I dig that that's the ethos that's around, and that's the. What they've ingested heavily. Totally. I, I learned something. Can I
1: say one thing about it? Yeah. I feel like those bands, like the Eggie and um, Goose, they're still so young.
4: They're still finding they're their thing. They're figuring it out. They, yeah, they,
1: yeah. You know, you really have Goose to 1. find oh. church. You have to yeah. want to go to church. You have to want to, like, feel spiritual. Like, when you're young... You're still, you know, it's like the seasons of life, right? Like you're still like in the summer, it's hot and fun and everything's, you're not really building, you know, anything yet until you're like your late twenties and thirties and stuff. And then, okay, so you did that. Well, now your house is built. You don't need to build another one. Now let's get some hobbies or, okay, let me help my neighbors. Like you can think outside of yourself more when you're so young, you're just trying to establish your sound. You don't even, I don't know that or find your, find, your, find your, your voice, voice. right. Yeah. And, and learn how to play as a group. Yeah. Cause I know that even though you do it, it's still like a life learning process, you know? Right. Like, so I, I think that the reason why there's pockets and moments is because spirit shows up regardless of ourselves. And when we're being diligent in the moment, mm-hmm. it's there. And so you can have moments, yeah. but to actual go to a show that, you know, that's what you're going to get. I feel like that's just more mature. And I'm not saying that these bands are immature. What I'm saying is that sometimes age really does. And just more life gives you that spiritual kind of
0: fine wine thought, it doesn't just you know, happen. that, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, you know,
1: it's exactly, it's an aged for a reason, cheese, wine, yeah. you know, things like that.
4: for me, is about intention. And so that's what I'm hearing from what you're saying. Because like, I don't even have a band, right? I played with some cats that I called to come play with me the other night so we could do the (laughs) record release party.
1: Oh, is that who was in?
4: Yeah, these these are just like great musicians that gig around Portland all the time and they're just heavyweights that can fucking play.
1: Right on. And I knew
4: they could. And so we've all got sort of that, if we wanted to, if we had to play like a wedding gig where it's all jazz, we could pull it off.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. So it's like we, I know that these dudes are going to be able to improvise. And frankly, if they had their way, things probably would have gone harmonically way deeper. And I reel it back because I want it to be a little, like I show them the things that matter to me and they're respecting that because, you know, I'm the artist. That's like fronting the band. But ideally I will bring together a band that's a consistent lineup. Mm-hmm. But for now it's like me, my songs, my guitar playing is the project. Yes. And then this record. And I'm, and so the idea that you're describing of a young band, you know, I think about, you know, even like I had the, I had the incredible opportunity to play music with Bill Kreutzmann. Uh And
1: he seems so generous. I, I w-
2: I'm glad you're asking. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. And I saw that. Anyway,
4: oh, Okay. cool, Go for it. um, and you know, I think about the fact that you know how young he was when he met Jerry. Oh yeah, and how young they were. I mean, Jerry was kind of the elder statesman of the group, at like maybe thirty or late twenties. Yeah, and and you know, Kreutzmann was a teenager. Or like early twenties, Bob Weir was a te- literal 16. teenager. Well, Bob Weir was like eight, yeah. wearing <laughs> short
3: shorts. Oh.
4: And uh, but I, you know, I remember improvising music with Bill Kreutzmann at his Halloween party years a few years back in Hawaii. And like it's hard to be in the moment and just play music and surrender to that thing that's happening in front of only like fifty or sixty hippies in the jungle that were like you know Bill's friends. And Amy, his wife's friends, um but I'm like trying to be in the moment, but I'm also thinking like this dude learned how to play music by playing with Jerry, yeah, and Phil, and you know, but um, building something from the ground up the way you know Mike, Paige, John, and Trey have been able to do yes. There's something, there's a psychic thing there that's only theirs that they could just do in their sleep (laughs) that, uh, I, you know, I wish that I had built something from then until now, but I didn't, you know,
1: maybe not with a group though. You did internally.
4: Yeah. I mean, I definitely have my vision and I definitely have my sound and I definitely have my songs, but I'm hoping, hoping that I'm gonna find the right lineup where things just where it's like you know it's like imagine a constellation hasn't quite locked in yet mm-hmm. and i'm just trying to find like yeah. what are the stars that like align here that make the constellation that is the live expression of the wheel there is a um the cat that's playing bass with me benjamin Wright. he is a monster musician he actually played some guitar with me originally and now he's playing bass because he's really a bass player but he's also a composer compo you know t- scores films and tv wow. shows and he's just a brilliant multi-instrumentalist producer composer type cat but with me he's playing bass and singing harmonies and he just shows up and he just kills it and energetically he shows up too
3: that's that's the that's,
1: thing yeah. yeah
4: exactly the other cats that played the gig absolutely showed up energetically by the way on the record they're actually on the album oh okay, okay the same, same group well the drummer and so the drummer's on the whole <laughs> album except for the one opening track that I'm actually playing drums okay um the keyboard player that played with me live the other night did play on a handful of the records, but there's another couple of keyboard players. And I also play some piano on the record. Um, so it's, that's kind of a mishmash. Okay. Um, interestingly though, the drummer that's on like everything on the record and played with me live the other night, um, uh, his like godfather or uncle, he calls him is um, big Steve Parrish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So his dad was like part of the, crew his dad was a singer songwriter and was like part of the whole that's the craziest uncle then. ever yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool yeah. uncle too he's got stories for days oh, yeah exactly
0: wow. i i want to go back to to what we were talking about about the scene yeah and i kind of see it we've talked about this on the show before i kind of see it as like this tree mm. and it's still growing and there's roots and the roots are the grateful dead and Dylan and the Almond brothers and it's still unfolding. I don't think that we'll ever, as long as we're around, I don't think we'll ever see the the culmination of the improv improvised music world. I don't see. There's all these different limbs and, yeah. and expressions of it. This thing is not one note. It's like us,
4: totally, man. I was just providing a little bit of commentary no, yeah, yeah. on the, the jam band scene as I see it today. There are being a, like a, basically like a little bit of a hole in the church part yeah, and a man. big, a whole lot of bands doing the party part. Um, I will say this though. I love your metaphor of the tree and there's another hole, like if you go even deeper into the roots, there's all the black music yeah. that is the foundation of everything. And, um, I'm very grateful to have friends that I played music with years ago that I'm reconnecting with now that I'm showing up, not just hiding out in the studio, working with (laughs) bands, but I'm actually showing up as an artist again. Cause this is, these are cats that I used to jam with. So when I look at the funkier side of things like lettuce, Mm -hmm. you know, Deitch and Schmeens and those guys are my homies that I used to jam with. Right on. And, um, or Krasno. Yeah. you know like like these are cats that i know and used to jam with uh in fact krasno's old roommate uh and really good friend jeffrey basker who went on to be like grammy winning producer of the year major fancy pants credits um basker and and Kras used to live together and at one point basker had an apartment that Oh, Basker got a, a, a cruise ship gig playing piano for the summer. So he had to go make money playing piano. So he's looking for someone to sublet his apartment. So my buddy Shiva Dave and I subletted the apartment. And in the apartment was all the recording gear. Oh, shit. That, oh, that, that Basker was learning how to produce on. Because Basker was like, I'm going to be a producer when he was like 19. Like he knew what he wanted to do, right? So that was the first time I ever played with multi-track recorders while also that cat Ari Raskin, I would watch what he was doing. So that was when I first got turned on to like, what does it mean to like overdub and play in the studio in this apartment building where I'm like screwing around in Basker's apartment while he's out on the cruise ship gig across the hall was another apartment with a Hammond B3 organ set up right in the living room. And that was Marco Benevento's apartment. What? Holy shit. Yeah. So I would go across the hall and just chill with Marco and jam uh, and his roommate uh, who was a drummer at the time, not Joe Russo, but they were very close buddies already. They grew up together. Yeah. Uh, this other cat who unfortunately didn't make it, which by the way is a theme of a lot of like what I'm working on right now. With, even though I have this new, this first record out, I'm already thinking about and developing my next record. Mm-hmm. It's very much about the grief of losing friends. And Tom was one of the cats, you know, that didn't make it, you know, um, that was Marco's roommate, great drummer, great human being. And Marco, just a blast to play music with and just to hang with. Um, You know, so you got Kraz, Deitch, Schmidts, you know, Jeffrey Basker, who's kind of larger than life at this point. Um, And, and Marco and Stu Brooks, who was the bass player and musical director and producer for Matis Yahoo and for Grizz and just released his solo album literally a couple days ago. His first solo album as well, which is, Feels really good that a cat that's roughly my age,
1: mm-hmm.
4: also just put out his first record. Oh, right on! You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I heard some stuff you were saying on the the Cascade Equinox thing about sort of like feeling like, are you out of place for your age? Like I'm, I'm, I'm fifty, <laughs> I'm 50 bro. Yeah. And you know, this is my first album. You know, I'm like, I'm like a baby chick learning how to fly <laughs> at this age, you know what I mean? So I, I but think so are a lot of people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I in don't age. I've, I had
0: to let it go at, once. I hit 52, man. I was yeah. like, I, okay. It, cause in my head, it's not 50 in here.
3: Yeah. It's just not.
1: It is 50. You just don't know how to get your head around it.
0: But it's not though (laughs) at the same time. Like I trip out on myself all the time. Like feeling still like I'm, you know, all those years ago, I still, a lot's the same. I don't.
4: Well, I think there's something beautiful about not ever abandoning the innocent childlike human experience. That is the awe that we have that, inspires us in the first place to go see live music, to play live music, to just Mm -hmm. just be connected to other people and just live this It makes us feel young. Yeah. Well it it just it's it's just life like feeling alive. Like the inner child it doesn't age. No. You Uh, know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. exactly. That That baby will always be there. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly.
0: The excitement that I feel right now looking forward to going to see pigeons playing ping pong in a week or whatever. Karina Reichman on Friday or whatever is the same excitement that I had when I was going touring with the dead. It's that same. Yeah. Oh shit. I get to go on the roller coaster again. Like it's, that doesn't change that. That's always been there. And I feel like there's, always been trouble and strife and upheaval and weird shit going on in the world since the beginning of time and i really feel like the communal experience of gathering together around frequency and sound as a tribe is healing it's spiritual for the planet and humanity and it's vital and necessary you know you can see it as a bunch of stupid people getting high and going to a show or you can change your perspective and see yeah. it as the sacred unfolding in the moment. And all of us collectively synchronized on one thing where I can't think of many other places where we're all together like that.
4: As a person who doesn't get high anymore, see. I have yeah. to see it Ooh. the second way that you just described because that is my truth that is my intention um you know that is there's other you know um there's other cats that have been through a lot of pain and suffering through what the getting high can lead to
1: yes that
4: end up kind of in a situation like i'm in which is like yeah you kind of can't do that stuff anymore um because it's gonna you know there's there's certain things that just aren't in my control I'll take you down yeah i've been there so um i think approaching first of all just approaching life as a spiritual path generally mm-hmm. as a means of fucking survival is like a thing right if you don't actively seek the sacred in your day-to-day the day-to-day can become incredibly painful it'll crush you yeah
1: that's what we're seeing right now yeah i you know what's a sad thing that nobody's really talking about right now um is that there there's such a lack of places to go just to feel sad like you Mm. know when you were you know like at the christian church maybe at the synagogue if you're grieving or something there there's a community to do that with but there's a lot of people that aren't um, religious or don't have those spiritual community. Those spiritual community and so where do you go to rejuvenate and to cry with your brother or sister or your auntie you or know laugh. or absolutely or share like i graduated and like you look around and no one cares because you know you don't really have family here or whatever like there's such a <sighs> lack of 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 that kind of type of community that i feel like i i we've seen such a resurgence in that festival community because that's mm-hmm. the closest thing. I mean, mm. you know, when I
4: went, when I sometimes describe myself as shoeless and clueless when I was like, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old following Jerry around the country. Um, that we called it family for a reason. Yep. We told each other, we loved each other cause we did,
1: you mm. know, you meant it. Yeah, man. Yeah. But, but nowadays, you don't really see that slash do that. You don't tell your work friends very much. Oh, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Some people do. That's the thing. I do. I do I said that because I, I do say that sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but like it's it's yeah. not a norm. It, it's yeah. not a norm. And our society as a whole, I feel, is lacking that peace. And mm-hmm. it just is maybe people don't even know what that is. Well, maybe it's like a hole that you don't even realize. Like I, I, I want to hang out and that's why they're getting drunk instead of like, maybe they really didn't want to get drunk, but they wanted to hang out with somebody. And the only place people hang out is at bars or there's, there's a huge part. I think that's, um, I don't want to say missing, but that we just, we, we are, we don't have enough of. Do you know about this? There was this scientific study
4: and I'm not a big fan of doing studies on animals at all. I think it's terrible, but, um, however, (laughs) however, it was called like rat city or rat park or something like that. Okay. So they take a group of rats and they get them addicted to cocaine. Okay. By putting cocaine in the water. So you got, they're all addicted. Then they separate them into two groups. One group they're isolated and all they have is just cocaine and they're isolated in the other group they're integrated into a community of rats that are not addicted to cocaine. The rats <laughs> okay. that are the rats Shit. that are isolated continue to do so much cocaine that their hearts basically explode and they die. The rats that are addicted to cocaine that are integrated into a, a community of rats that are healthy begin to opt for the water that doesn't have the cocaine, <gasps> eventually naturally wean themselves off the cocaine and completely reintegrate themselves as normal rats. Healthy rats into normal rats through community. community. Through community. Yeah,
2: because
3: community
4: it. and connection. There, there's a Neil Young lyric that comes to mind. Uh, Don't let it bring you down. It's only castles burning. Find someone who's turning, and you will come around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa, I, we've been. What you're talking about right now is the underpinning ethos of No Simple Road. Yes. Whoa. like seriously like <laughs> wow. that, that's that's what we didn't this was not intentional it's what happened through us just being honest
1: but also with, with
0: with a community grew up with this and it's the thing that is the most important part of the why we even bother doing this is because the people that have become friends and that we've become friends with. It's the community there, that's grown there's, from it. Yeah. There's no, like, I don't have a separation anymore between like the people in my life and this, and it's all one, it's all one organism. Mm-hmm. And to see those people flourishing, they met each other through this and now they're going to see shows together and going on vacations and mm-hmm. hanging out and this thing where there's this connection happening. I, I'll do this as forever. A dollar doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it, let me keep seeing that.
4: It's beautiful. And keep feeling it's the so love. beautiful. Yeah. I, I have a great sort of anecdotal experience of that. So one of my closest friends since I was like 12 years old, who was my actually my first guitar teacher. He was like the guy, the kid that was two years older than me that lived down the road. That was a shredding guitar player. And I wanted to learn how to do what he did. Mm -hmm. And he was, I mean, he was wise beyond his years at that age. Like he had like a whole Hendrix pink Floyd thing going on. Um, And we were kids, you know, Um, he had booked himself some solo acoustic gigs for the spring of 2020. And was like, I'm going to put all my stuff in storage. I'm going to get out of my apartment in Portland. I'd convinced him to move from LA to Portland, which I had also moved to Portland, not from LA directly. I did the Bay Area first, but he moved to Portland, was in an apartment. He's like, I'm going to get rid of the apartment, put all my stuff in storage. Can I crash in your guest room while I get ready to go on my tour? Spring of 2020. Of course, COVID happened. So, Hey,
0: can I live with you while COVID's going on? (laughs) Yeah.
4: So... Uh, In his time in Portland, I connected him with some cats that I sometimes jam with and often hang with who are sort of plugged into this psychedelic psilocybin, ketamine, like practice as doctors and practitioners. And they, they take a very therapeutic and spiritual approach to guiding people through these experiences to deal with PTSD and depression and all this stuff. And it's really beautiful, the work that they do but also we were all just jamming together and playing music together. So my buddy, his name is Henry to this day still lives with me. He's very much become like the uncle to my kids. Um, and he's completely plugged into that community that I introduced him to more than I am. He's like Mm -hmm. actively a psilocybin practitioner. Now he's part of their music scene. When his band plays, they all show up. Um, you know, we're talking about booking shows together. Our show the other night was with him, Henry Fields and the Electric Yes. He's a monster musician, monster songwriter, great band. Um, and uh, but that whole your, you know you connect person A and person B and just step back mm-hmm. thing. I've totally watching that happen with him and all these cats that you know I, I don't even know as well as he does at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful it to watch. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's it's. It's something else, man. We, uh, we have a a couple of friends that own some property out in Sandy. It's a festival grounds called rhythms ground. Hmm. And, uh, we met them in 2021. Um, mushroom spoke to his wife and told, told her to reach out to Mel was like, you need to reach out to Mel from no simple road. Hmm. We need to be friends. And, we went out this this summer of 21 and went out there and saw the property for the first time and met them. And it was one of those experiences when you meet somebody where you're like, Oh, I, Oh, we're, we're family. Like this, this is not the first time around Mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. And since meeting them, you know, they've, they had just purchased the property when, when we met them and they were getting it ready and there was a lot going on. And, since then they've thrown the first festival there and they're hosting parties and seeing it, and introduce them to different people that we know from the show and it's become this other universe that's happening outside of us mm-hmm. where like they're putting on shows together and this whole other thing that's happening that's like what you're talking about I beautiful my like the guy I play music with this my buddy Cody like just today he's like when he left here he's like oh, I'm going to Rhythms Ground to go look at mushrooms there's you know there's all kinds of mushrooms growing over there we're gonna go check them out like they're going over there independent of us and I think that that I hate to sound like an old guy and say nowadays but like <laughs> there's there's so much yeah that's my thing <laughs> there's oh. so much out there that wants to isolate us and with social media and everything is is divisive and disconnecting can it's be. it's it can be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, The need for connection and community is so intense and vital right now. Mm-hmm. there's such a like need for that because when we're all isolated and and alone, we are easily moved, and you know what I'm saying. You're you're easily yeah. pushed into the corner.
1: You can be, get swayed, you yeah. know.
0: But when we're together, it's it's a lot more difficult to to move the crowd than it is the individual. Hmm. And and uh, well said. We need each other. We really really need each other. And um, doing what you're doing and creating. Beautiful soundscapes and other musicians giving us the opportunity to step into a room and be outside of ourselves for a little while with the people that we love and care about that's the most important thing right now, hmm. as far as I'm concerned hmm. I, it's uh it's crazy to be alive right now it's nuts there's so much there's could go on all night about this that and the other thing coming at us yeah but when we step back and we step into that place where everybody's moving together there's something there i i'll, I'll say it till my dying day there's something there that's
2: bigger than all of us for sure and as beautiful as it's ever been yep.
4: <clears throat> and it's you know challenging as covid was for all of us with all the isolation it did give us a gift, which is to appreciate togetherness. Oh yeah,
2: mm. yeah. Most of us, he gave us that. Gift. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone. Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, I think you know, there are you know, there's the echo chamber, and the, the uh, the Hendrix lyric. I used to live in a room full of mirrors, and all I could see was me. Mm. That was like, I mean, that was before Instagram, you <laughs> know, <laughs> TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean. Like he's basically talking about the awareness of his own ego, right, and the death of his own ego as a process. Mm. Um, and uh, I think that all of us had the unfortunate opportunity during COVID to get stuck in a room full of mirrors, whether we liked it or not, mm. And the only way out wasn't out it was further in and mm-hmm. either you go you went in in a good way or you went into this like echo chamber rabbit hole thing that turned that really actually harmed a lot of people yeah um so if there's anything that i got out of this whole experience of covid that's a gift is togetherness mm. you know it's like you know what i didn't do in 2020 enough of talk on the phone to people Like what happened to talking on the phone to people? That's true. And like, you know what I mean? There's like, there's texting, there's DMing, there's representing yourself in this, this like facade like way on social media. And like, and then there's your real human experience. Yes. And like, remember when the only way to communicate with somebody was either in person or write them a letter or call them. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the three. hues. That's true. It's true, it yeah. true man. Yeah. I mean,
4: I, I can't think of any other way. I guess there's the, the, the thing that used to happen on tour, it happens to me still all the time, where you like think of somebody and then you and turn they, they pop them. up. They they yes, yeah. yes. Happens to me almost every day with a text message, where I'll think of somebody and they'll text me within minutes yes. or seconds of thinking of them. But that's just being like an antenna. Yes.
1: Um. Pfft.
0: Just that's just that's it's all that just. is. <laughs> that's all that is. Yeah, no biggie. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's so much that we don't get to talk about in regards to music and what it actually does because it's like a given to all of us, but we're, we're listening. hand. Yeah. We're, we're, you're playing this music. We're listening. We're dining on the same dish, but we're not eating it the same way. It's not brought to us in the same way yeah. because you're, you've got one part of it and I've got the other and you can't have my part and I can't have yours. And so, but there's a lot that happens in that too. Like, through the song, through the music, the synchronicities, the way your body moves, how it's affected you, how long you want to play this, there's so many things that get uns- that are unspoken that encompasses the magic of what a live performance and what being in front of music is, and that, I think is one of the most important things right now in healing a greater amount of people. And I don't mean like indefinitely healing. I mean, in the moment, in the moment exactly. Mm-hmm. Like making people forget about their worries and they're so consumed and they can just listen to a beat and rock with it or getting so involved in the lyrics that have, you know, hurt somebody to write, but it makes you feel good to sing, you know, like mm-hmm. there's all of these parts of it. And, and really the word is, is magic for all of that the, the the movement the lyrics the music it just becomes magic so i don't know what i had to what, or, No, with that it's beautiful the end of it
0: before we wrap up is there anything that you want people to know about the wheel that we haven't talked about
4: hmm. well it's a definitely an album You know, like the wheel is me. It's the project, but it's a self-titled album that's meant to be consumed as an album. Mm, You know,
1: that's good to know.
4: Yeah. I mean, the songs like, you know, consuming an individual song. Beautiful. Like do it. And Coyote Mask is getting some love. It's great. Made a video for Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. It really is great. The, uh, um, but um even the vinyl like what you know how side A ends and how side B begins was very intentional shaving down how long the album was and taking whole songs that could have been on the record and saying nope that doesn't really fit into the this album mm-hmm. as intended you know you mentioned electric ladyland mm-hmm. uh there's so many obviously albums we can talk about but that is a perfect example of an album that has a weird beginning, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'm thinking of Axis. Um, no, it's, 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 it's like the alien thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Okay. Um, it's got a weird intro and then it sort of, that culminates into the first song and Have it very much did? has a flow. Yeah. yeah. And it very much has a flow, a beginning, middle and end. And it's a story. It's, it's like a film. It's like a book. Um, That is the main thing that I want people to know about this album is that is the intention
1: that's dope.
0: I, I, we had a conversation with somebody the other day that was <laughs> saying that a lot of folks don't that's a, a dying art of understanding how to listen to an album beginning to end that the single has been the thing in pop culture oh, for yeah, so long of now playlists yeah, and everything that that it it's smart for you to say that so that people understand that this is a, a piece. It's special. This is a, a
4: there's something it's a be, work. So I was looking at a graphic yesterday, which is a history of the music business, broken out by media type, mm-hmm. you know, starting out with LPs, and then eventually there's cassettes and you know, and then there's CDs, et cetera, and then the streaming. And you see first of all, a very sad story, where, there, where the overall revenue trajectory is down. Right. Um, where there's actually, you know, when adjusted for inflation, the actual whole pie that is the music, the recorded music industry. This is not about tickets and merch and anything like that. It's a shrinking universe. Obviously, there are people getting big chunks of it that are massive stars. Everything except for streaming and ad supported streaming, uh, is shrinking except for one format vinyl 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 is back that's the only thing that
0: i can think of in my lifetime where technology moved forward and then went back
4: and there's a reason why vinyl is so wonderfully magical and that it's physical it's it's a physical format tangible there's nothing more similar to the live music experience of when someone plays a chord or a note on an instrument or hits a drum that it goes into a microphone, comes through a speaker and hits your body mm-hmm. in real time. Right. That's a physical experience. That's why we love live music so much. Right. You're literally experiencing it physically. When that, when you record an album in the studio and then you, translated into zeros and ones and there's some sort of facsimile of it through Mm. streaming you know like if you listen to the mp3 or the streaming over the internet compressed file i mean there's all kinds of things you can geek out where they actually you can see how much data is thrown away how much information is actually disregarded because the human ear might not make sense of it Mm. versus the full freaking wave of the physical format because you know when I went to the mastering studio, Telegraph Mastering with Adam Gonzalves, and I watched him take the masters of my album and with his vintage lathe cut the lacquer master, there's a needle cutting physically digging a groove and he has like a microscope that's part of it. He could zoom in on the grooves. He's showing me my music physically oh, engraved shit. into this disc and then they go through this crazy p- process of that disc then gets like goes through this like chemical electrical process where it then becomes metal and that becomes the stamper, like an inverted version of that becomes the yeah. stamper of your records into vinyl. So it's like a negative. I mean yeah. um, okay, yeah. such a trip. Which is also yeah. like the, you know, this idea of digital photography versus physical photography. It's it's very similar. Um the reason vinyl is so moving to us is because it's physical. If you go pick up like an original pressing of a Beatles album, it's actually, they recorded it to tape and then they cut from the tape master directly to vinyl and then they pressed from that, you know, from that lacquer records. There was no computer involved in the entire process. So when you go and put Rubber Soul original pressing on the record player, you can physically feel John Lennon playing the guitar. Mm. it's not a, it's not, it's not like a digital representation Mm. of it.
0: A facsimile. Everything. Yeah. 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 The see-through version.
4: Yeah. 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 So
1: it's, there's one song I think of growing up, um, me, myself and I by De La Soul. Every, amazing. Every time I try to hear it digitally, it's, it's not, it's not
4: three feet high and rising.
1: um, I think it I, is. I, I'm not, I don't remember, but my gosh, Geeking it just doesn't sound like the from same. the radio or like when you, when you first heard, you could hear the difference that it's not the same thing. And it bums me out totally. that, that specific song because I loved it so much. And I listened like the, the remix, this, this version that like, no, it's, there's something missing from it, from the f- when it came out in the nineties or something. A, something
4: really beautiful happened to me this week because you're bringing up radio, yeah. which is also physical. Um, twenty three radio stations across the U S. contacted my radio person and yes. requested the vinyl version of the record. Whoa! There's way more record, uh, way way more radio stations that have the record. Yeah, but not on the vinyl. So apparently, there are still radio stations that are playing wax on the air.
2: Oh wow! That's really? Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully awesome. more starting to yeah. do that and with I mean, the that's resurgence.
0: The, that's the only time I've seen technology go backward. You don't see, you know, the I don't know, us going back to bicycles from automobiles. <laughs> like TVs and, with antennas. You know, By like. planes from jets. It doesn't <laughs> have the horses. Yeah. Yeah. You, they,
4: I, Except in Portland, the, the, big, the big bicycles. Yeah. that yeah. <laughs> They did a,
0: a study with um, analog and digital music and plants. Have you Mm. ever seen this?
4: Well, I know that plants thrive when exposed to music.
0: When exposed to analog music.
4: More so. More so. Yeah, they
0: fed them the same, you know, whatever. One group they played analog music and these grew like huge, bushy, beautiful plants. The digital music stunted the, Mm. it didn't. They didn't grow as full.
4: Now, were these ganja plants and Bob Marley albums? Probably. <laughs> probably.
2: <laughs> most definitely. Um, that experiment's being tried or has been tried. Kaya,
4: specifically. Yes, <laughs> just that well. song. Cool. Over
0: or on the Lube. album. Oh, my you gosh. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wow. We could go forever. Thank you, man. We Matt.
1: really can go forever. I feel Thank like you. we're just getting when, started. When, Such uh, a
0: pleasure. W- when the next album comes out, let's do this again. And Yeah. I, I would love to please let that's, us know when you're playing
2: live. And that's one thing I love that you we already know, know there isn't, it's like, so what are you thinking of now? You're already planning the next album and have stuff in the works and are writing every day. so there's lots more to hear and look yeah.
0: forward to where can people go to get all the stuff?
4: So the easiest thing to do is just go to the wheelmusic.com mm-hmm. and you can find, you know, links to all the places where you stream or download you know, online, but you can also buy the vinyl. Um, we've got a limited edition run so that it's not going to last forever. It's a blue marble vinyl. I brought you guys a copy. can't wait
0: so to listen to it.
4: Um, and then, you know, there's a little bit of merch here and there. There's a tour page that is blank because we played the one show that was booked. I did book a show today actually. What? Uh, that's coming in, but like, it's not until February. Okay. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, um, yeah, trying to figure out the whole touring thing and the right lineup and all that. So that's coming soon. But yeah, thewheelmusic.com has it all.
0: All right, man. Right well, on. thank you for spending time with us tonight, Avram. Avram Brown, you, what yes. a, Thank you so a much.
1: real amazing, you came bearing gifts. I knew this was going to be dope. <laughs> I, just from
2: interacting with you on instagram i knew this was gonna be i said that this well morning. and
1: seeing the video too really was like the, heck this yeah. morning
2: and listen listening to the album again this morning now mm-hmm. having coffee beautiful morning i said there and i was like I was like this is gonna be a good one this is gonna be deep
1: no oh, yeah and, you, and you,
2: were, you were like why do you say that and i was like because the music's deep the <laughs> lyrics <laughs> deep.' Well, before like, this let's say we just felt just felt it also
1: i'm oh, sorry apple you felt it yeah before we I'm leave, done it. you're done feeling it. <laughs> go ahead. You felt it this you morning. You feel it right now. Yeah. Um, I just want to say before we leave, we were talking about improvisation earlier before the mics were on. Do you feel like you got everything out on what we were you were trying to, you know, convey about that? Cause it was a really great.
4: Oh, wow. I, I don't remember what we were talking about. I mean, all right, then yeah. let's,
1: let's let it, let it ride. Uh, yeah. That's gonna, for another time. I'm going
0: to give you a compliment before we, we stop. You have, the best ability to stay on track and not lose your train of thought of pretty much <laughs> anybody I've ever met.
4: I, it doesn't feel that way it at all. Fucking, um, it it doesn't was fucking, it was bionic, like wow. bro. <laughs> I, I, I do have one thing that I want to plug, <laughs> which is the reason I know about No Simple Road is a wonderful guest that you guys had, Mm. Haley Johnson. Haley Johnson, shout out, honey. Haley Haley Johnson, her own music. Yes. Haley Johnson, powerhouse member of Big Wild. Mm -hmm. And Haley Johnson featured on my album. There's a song called River Is Up. It says right there, featuring Haley Johnson. And she also sings harmonies with me on another song called Speak Like Droning. And I just want to give a shout out. I feel like Haley and I are just getting to know each other. Um, I met her because I was producing a single for another artist who brought Haley in to sing backup vocals. Oh wow. And I was like, this is the backup vocalist? <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> like why? She is, yeah. Like she is a monster musician. Yep. Yes. She plays bass, she plays guitar, she sings, she writes songs, and she She's, just dropped a new single. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah. I just wanna just give love to Haley. I have so much respect for her. She's such a wonderful human being and wonderful artist and such an inspiration. Yes. And I'm grateful to her for turning me on to No Simple Road.
0: Us
1: too, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right,
0: everybody. We'll be back next week with more stuff and things. All right. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Peace.